The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What is good, everybody? Welcome to The Look Ahead, part of the SB Nation NFL show. I am Rob Stats Guerrera. He is RJ Ochoa. What's up, RJ? Stats, uh, you've got way too much energy for me these days. I, uh, I've got the allergies. The allergies are attacking my face. I can barely see you through the fog uh, <laughs> that is in front of my eyeballs. Uh, but I can um, you know, interpret uh, and understand the kind of hazy uh, blob that you are in my vision. And know that you look as handsome as always. So it's great to be with you here on the look ahead. Uh, great to be hanging out with you, and, and great to see your uh, your fuzzy self. Yeah, I am fighting through it. I ran out of contact lenses, so I'm on the backup glasses now. Don't feel uh... good about it. Feel a little out of my element, but you know we're gonna battle through it for you. I want to remind you before we get rolling here that the SB Nation NFL show is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. And use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNNFL, and it is only at DraftKings. This is our final look ahead of the 2021 season, RJ. It is the first ever Week 18 look ahead in the history of NFL podcasts. And uh, pretty exciting. We got some good games to take some deep dives into, so I'm looking forward to it. You know what, Stats? Um, if you think about it, this is the last time that certain teams will be discussed by you and I, um, which That's is the, the honor of all honors, obviously. Um, but, I mean, you know, Jaguars, probably not going to be talking about them for a hot minute. <laughs> Broncos, probably not going to be talking about them for a hot minute. The Chicago Bears, probably not going to be talking about them for a hot minute. So uh, I'm excited to revel in that, and I'm excited to hear your take on one team that is playing for a playoff spot. Imagine stats. Imagine rooting for an NFC team that hasn't already locked up a spot in the tournament. I cannot imagine this personally. Yeah, well, what can I say? We can't all play in the NFC East. That's all mm. I'll point out there. If you are new to the show, as RJ mentioned, we take deep dives into the biggest games of the weekend. We hit every other game in the lightning round. So don't worry. We'll get to your team eventually. Are you ready to dive in? Do you have your goggles? Do you have your oxygen tank? Well, I do. But before we do, a reminder that Stats and I, since week 13, have had a little contest going on where the games we disagree on, we write down, we, we have a little wager going. Whoever loses in totality at the end of all this has to make a donation to charity. Stats, so we are at a point through week 17 where you have now caught me. Do you want to know how many games each of us has gotten correctly? Yes, please. 
So I have 10, and you have 2, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. We are tied at 10 Ooh. apiece. We had three games that we disagreed on last week. Uh, we do go based off of the lines from our friends at DraftKings. And just so everybody is aware, uh, we are streaming slash recording this on Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern. So, you know, the lines do dance around a little bit sometimes. But last week's stats, I took the Chiefs uh, as five-point favorites over the Bengals. You obviously got me there. You also took the Chargers as six-and-a-half-point favorites. I stand by that decision. I knew that <laughs> that was going to blow up in my face. but um, And I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm taking the Raiders. I don't know what the line is, but just off of principle. Um, and then I took the 49ers as 12-point favorites. You were too scared of your supposed favorite team. Uh, so that was my lone win. So we are tied at 10 apiece entering Week 18. Oh, man. And so some charity is going to get money based on what happens this weekend. Why this if- weekend? No, just like the oddcast and y'all's, you know, flimsy little MVP, LVP, you know, nonsense. We're taking this through the playoffs. What are you What are you talking about, Stats? We still got games. Oh, I, I disagree. I think we should cap it at the regular season. We'll hash that out. We'll figure oh, it out. Man. Let's get going here with our first deep dive. And this is the game in the AFC, RJ, that I feel like is sort of the gatekeeper for a lot of the other stuff that could happen. It's the mm. Colts going to Jacksonville to take on the Jags. If the Colts win, they clinch a playoff berth. But I feel like almost everybody else in the AFC is rooting against the Colts because if the Colts lose, all hell can break loose. So I know that you want the Colts to lose so that the Raiders and Chargers can execute time again. Um, I don't want to <laughs> see that uh, personally, but you know it is what it is. Um, I mean, what what is it? What, the Colts have never won uh, or never swept the Jaguars in Frank Reich's tenure. I believe they haven't, you know, swept the Jaguars since 2014, um, or they've lost every game in Jacksonville since 2014. This is weird. Um, like when I think of division rivalries, Colts Jaguars doesn't exactly like jump to the top of my head. Um, but th- this has some, and I know you'll appreciate this some 2020 Arizona Cardinals and week 17 vibes to it. Like I could totally see the Colts falling short. And then that just being like this somber ending to, I haven't watched hard knocks this season, the, the in season one. Um, I could totally see that. I, I could 100% see the Colts just like falling short and Trevor Lawrence having a final, you know, like finally having a rookie moment that we celebrate, even though it took all the way to week 18. Yeah, we're going to get to Trevor Lawrence in a minute. But, you know, even the first matchup between these two teams, it was a three-point game in the fourth quarter. It's not like the Colts just blew their doors off. The Jags are getting 15 points in this game. So clearly Vegas thinks the Colts are going to come out and handle their business. But when you have Carson Wentz, RJ, a quarterback who has been known to turn the ball over and put the ball in harm's way, you're never that team that just goes out and handles their business. Like, that's just not who the Colts are because that's not who Carson Wentz is. Uh, just a reminder, since you took a shot at the NFC East, that the 49ers lost to this Colts team earlier this season. Uh, but, yeah, I agree um, that, uh, you know. You, this... you don't even know what you want to say. You just had to make sure that you pointed that out, that the 49ers lost to the Colts, and then you forgot yeah. your, all your other points. Well, it was important, and like I said, I'm under the weather, so I'm a little bit floopy. Uh, but I, I really, you actually, you said it really well on the podcast this week. Like, if your offense's greatest strength is hiding Carson Wentz uh, by virtue of Jonathan Taylor, I just don't trust that. Like to your point, I could totally see you know Colts being on like their own twenty or like twenty five yard line, 
you know, maybe middle of second quarter and Carson throws a pick six that swings this, you know, and mm -hmm. all of a sudden it's like, this game should not be this close. Like what's happening here, <laughs> whatever. Uh, I could totally see that. I will take the Jaguars at, at minus 15 or excuse me, at plus 15, just because that's way too much. I do not trust the Colts in this specific situation, especially coming off of last week's loss. Like how can you lose to the Raiders and expect me to pick you the next week? Here's the problem. Trevor Lawrence has been awful not just like oh he's a rookie he's struggling he's been hideous rj his last four games he has one touchdown and seven interceptions for a qbr of 27.6 and like i know that it's cool to say that it's all urban meyer's fault and that you know he's going to be fine and all that because we think he's like this prospect of all prospects but show me the guy that's played this bad in his rookie season that's gone on to be a really good quarterback in the league. This is, this is like, we're not talking about this because we feel like we're just giving him a pass because he had so much hype coming out. He has been horrible. Okay. So I'm going to rip off some number one overall picks. And you tell me if just off the top of your head, if Trevor Lawrence's rookie season was better than theirs. Okay. Ready? So we're going to kind of go last decade. Okay. Uh, Matthew Stafford. Uh, didn't Stafford get hurt in his rookie season? Yeah. Yeah, and then so, remember that was his like bugaboo early was like he couldn't stay yeah, healthy. Yeah, first couple yeah. Of years he couldn't stay healthy. But I, I I don't know. I'll say that that Stafford's been better. Uh, Sam Bradford. Oh no, Bradford was well. Lawrence has been pretty bad. I'll say Bradford was worse. Okay, Cam was obviously better. Luck yep. was obviously better. Yep. Uh, thirteen was an awful class, but like EJ Manuel is that like the the company? Right. Trevor Lawrence is in. I mean, not not the first overall pick, but, you know, 2014, you know, again, like Blake Bortles, uh, incidentally, you know what I mean? Like he wasn't the number one overall pick, though. I know. But I mean, if we're, if we're including EJ Manuel, you know what I'm saying? Um, Jameis in 15. I mean, it was better. Right. Like, like yeah. at least show oh, yeah. life slice of stuff. Even golf in 16. That might be the best one. Golf in 16 because they were awful. Um, I mean, not that golf ever got great, but that's the thing. Know. That's right. the point is that, yeah, golf's got better, but he's not, what is he? Maybe the 20th best quarterback in the league. Like, so if that's what you're looking at with Trevor Lawrence, like I would be worried if I was a Jags fan, I'm not saying the jets are happy that they have Zach Wilson, but remember, you know, there was all this like, man, how could you beat the Ram? Ironically beat Jared Goff and the Rams last year and ruined the number one overall pick. You missed out on Trevor Lawrence, whatever, blah, blah. I mean, right now it's, I mean, the results are the results and I hate to be results oriented, but right now, like are the Patriots not the happiest, you know? I mean, like even the Niners, I can't wait to talk about the Niners, but like right now the Patriots got to feel the happiest of their investment as far as quarterbacks were taken in the first round. And even like with Zach Wilson, who's been playing better recently, at least he, I can point to something with Zach Wilson. I saw him break off. What was it? Like a 50 yard touchdown run this year. Like I can point to flashes of brilliance. I can't think of one play. Like what is the play with Trevor Lawrence where you're like, see, that's the guy. That's our guy. That's the potential. Like I can't remember it. I, I realize that what I'm about to say is like really dumb and really stupid and maybe doesn't have any single merit at all, but like he also, it just doesn't look right. Like maybe that's part of, part of it's the Jaguars uniform, but like, it just doesn't look <laughs> like NFL -y to me. You know what I mean? Like it looks, it looks like a Halloween costume, like the whole operation. And so like, I just have a hard time buying its legitimacy. That being said though, I mean, as it pertains to this game, like this is your chance, Trevor, you know what I mean? Like, unless you want an off season of like, man, blah, blah, whatever, you know, the look, the look ahead, kind of contemplating your NFL future. Like, this is your chance to really kind of pull it off. But an interesting take, maybe we revisit this in the offseason, is like maybe number one overall is not the spot 
to draft a quarterback. Because again, like, who's the last number one overall quarterback to really hit? Luck in 2012? Because even Baker in 2018 doesn't Kyler. look great. I mean, I guess Kyler right now, obviously. But I mean, we're ta- if we're talking a little bit older, like you know, we go- like the point is, it's like two in the last five. You know I like, was screaming before the draft started that usually the first quarterback taken in the draft is not the best quarterback in that draft class. Yeah, well, that might be Trevor Lawrence. There you go. Uh, I will, for the record, I will take the Colts and I will give okay. the 15 points because even if Carson Wentz tries to give the game away, I think. Trevor Lawrence will just try and give it right back. Wow. Well, I feel really good about this. You're betting on Carson Wentz, just to be very clear. Yeah, I know. I don't love it. I'm betting more on Jonathan Taylor. Next up, let's go to the game that directly uh, correlates to this game in the AFC. Steelers and Ravens. Baltimore needs a ton of help in this game to make the playoffs. They need a win, and they need losses by the Chargers, the Colts, and Miami. Pittsburgh is in with a win and a Colts loss. This game makes me sad. Um, I'm sad. <laughs> I'm sad because the Ravens, the Ravens are such a what if team for me this year. You know, if what if like, I mean, one of a thousand players doesn't get hurt. You know, mm-hmm. what if what if one of, you know, a few very bold and courageous decisions from John Harbaugh pans out, you know, like they're they're such a what if team. Um, so that makes me sad that like they and I, that's why i I mean, I'll say now, like, I might take the Ravens to win the AFC next year. Just because, like, we generally see those types of things regress to the mean. And and Baltimore's been on on the negative end of that spectrum all season long, the injury spectrum, the kind of toss-up spectrum. And so even if those things regress to the mean, I mean, we're talking about a team that now has, like, 10, 11 wins easily. Um, and so I, I, I believe in them long term. But so it makes me sad that, like, their season is so broken. The Steelers are so – man, I did not enjoy the Monday night thing at all. Like, I I know you and BLG kind of ripped it. It was so lame. I mean, I I was telling you, I'm so happy that Tony Romo never had to go through that. Like, it it hurt so much that the Band-Aid got ripped off the way it did and that, you know, you never really got your goodbye. But I'm so happy that Romo never had to go out and throw the ball 45 times for, like, 107 yards. I mean, that was just really – like, all that really proved was, like, yeah, this is why they're moving on from you. Like it was, it was sad. I mean, they they beat a team that was mathematically eliminated from playoff contention off of a walk off touchdown that Ben Roethlisberger had nothing to do with. So, um, <laughs> I think they're going to get the doors blown off of them this this week. I mean, it's kind of cool, I guess, that Ben Roethlisberger's last game is against the Ravens. It's super impressive that he's never been under five hundred. That Mike Tomlin never has. But enough, get the Steelers away from me. Like I'm done with the storyline. I'm I'm ready for the Ravens to get this win. But I don't think the Ravens get enough help that they need. Interesting that you bring up Tony Romo. Today's the 15-year anniversary of the botched snap on the field goal for Tony Romo. 15 wow. years ago today. And I'm I don't tweet think, that and take full credit for it myself, by the way, just so you know. I don't think Tony Romo gets enough credit for that. He almost scores a touchdown. Like, he almost scores on that play. And by the way, if Lofa Tatupu... It was, it, was, it, was, it was Ken Hamlin that tackled him. Well, I thought it was Lofa, but anyway, Witten is like on the one inch line and doesn't get into the end zone like the play. Before. Oh, oh, you're talking the play before. Yeah, that yeah. was Lofa Tatupu and Jason Witten, right? It was. And no, okay, and that's even, what I thought. Even if, if Martin Gramatica throws a better block as Romo's <laughs> trying to get around, I mean, no, it's it's an insane, I mean, it's an insane game that that, that happened. I mean, just, you know, man. Sorry, I got off track on that. I love Tony Romo so much. So I do want to one one last tangential thing for me. Everybody was sharing, obviously, a lot of memories last week after John Madden passed away. And and obviously, I mean, the guy is, you know, is the greatest and most influential person in NFL history. But I really miss 
and I'm, I'm, I'm sure you remember the stats before Sunday night football, they used to have like a player or a coach who was affiliated with the game and the camera would like pan to them in the locker room or something like that. And they would say, I've been waiting all day for this. And then the Sunday night football song would start and it was like waiting all day for Sunday night. Like that was so cool. I really missed that. I wish they would bring those back. I'm really glad you squeezed that in. Uh, Ravens are giving five points in this game. I'm glad that at least in this week 18 game, it's Ravens Steelers, this great rivalry that something is at least on the line. Like these two teams are not dead in the water when it's a great rivalry game like this. Like I just like that that added sentiment is there, but when it's not my team involved in the game, I root for stories. I root for entertainment. And I'm sorry, you said it. There's just nothing entertaining about the Pittsburgh Steelers other than TJ Watt. And once we get into the playoffs, I don't really care about him anymore because the sack record is not going to be a thing. It'll already be decided, which by the way, he could get it in this game. But I just, there's nothing there for the Steelers. At least the Ravens they're gritty. They're gutsy. They play hard. They're, you know, they got a bunch of people you don't know out there and they're still, you know, competing hard in these games. Like they're easy to root for with the Steelers. It's just like, what, what are we doing here? Like, no, I do not want them in the playoffs. No, 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 no. The Steelers to me are like the fast and furious franchise at this point. It's like enough. <laughs> like, like we, we, we've seen it, you know, like we've, We've seen every variation of plot that you could possibly pull off here enough. Just, you know, go everybody's, you know, go your own way. Talk to different studios, make some different movies. I don't think Ben Roethlisberger is, is going to be like a commentator, uh, but I'm, I'm m- way more intrigued if we're talking like levels of interest by who Pittsburgh is post Ben Roethlisberger yes. than who they are right now. Yes. Like there is something Sometimes as a fan, when you've had the same quarterback for a long time, you kind of forget that like life could be different. Like it doesn't have to be that way. I felt that way as a 49ers fan with Alex Smith. Like, what do you mean? We we could throw the ball deep down the field. Like there's another way for this to go. And sometimes when you've had the same quarterback for a while, it's kind of easy to forget that. And with Pittsburgh, like next year, we could see them chucking the ball deep down the field. All of a sudden you might, you know, chase Claypool and all these weapons that they got. You might be like, damn, this is a really good offense. But we obviously can't see that until they get somebody new under center. I think a great example of that is who they're playing in this game in in the Baltimore Ravens, right? Like they held on. It's, it's by the way, super amazing that Ben Roethlisberger has held on so much longer after the Ravens let go of Joe Flacco. Isn't that amazing that like he predated Flacco by so much in this rivalry and then he lasted so much longer beyond him. Um, But yeah, like the Ravens changed like 180 degrees from who they were with Joe Flacco to who they are with Lamar Jackson. So yeah, like spice it up, Pittsburgh. Let's see something different. We want to see something cool. Um, but that doesn't start until next season, which means you have to lose in this game. I will take Baltimore and feel very good about it. Yes. All right. So we agree on that one. Okay. Let's take a break. When we come back, we've still got a couple more deep dives to take and the week 18 lightning round back here on the look ahead. Part of the SB nation NFL show brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. All right, RJ. Well, stats. I just, I just want to say that I, while we've been recording and streaming, I tweeted the graphic of Tony. It was graphic content, by the way, of Tony Romo bobbling the snap uh, in Seattle. And uh, my Twitter mentions are a lot of upset Cowboys fans. So um, that game, by the way, took place on a Saturday night, just like this week's Cowboys game. A little fun fact for you. Yeah, that's I'm so much. How did you remember that? Like, I'm curious for for people. Like, how did you remember that at the top of your head? Is it because your stats? No, it's because someone I saw somebody else tweeted on Twitter. Uh, not gonna lie, and I was watching the video while I was preparing for this because uh, I I love that play and uh, 
Yeah. So that's how I remember. But I look like a genius in your eyes for like a half a second. So there you yeah. go. All right. Now you're going to get cranky stats because we're going to talk about the 49ers traveling to Los Angeles to take on the Rams. Rams are giving four and a half points. A victory by L.A. will give them the NFC West. And the 49ers need a victory to clinch a playoff spot. Now, San Francisco also gets in if the Saints lose. But the easiest thing for the 49ers to do, obviously, would just be to beat the Rams. I, you go first, because once I start, it's going to be difficult for me to stop. So go ahead, RJ. So um, kind of like like today, like I'm not feeling, you know, 100%. Um, I came in kind of saying that and you were like, shut up. We got to do it anyway. Um, and then, and then you just bring up one of the most painful sports memories of my life while, while we're on here, you know, sometimes like actually somebody, uh, responded to my tweet and said, um, let's see here. It says, uh, this is where what can go wrong will go wrong started, um, obviously for the Cowboys. And so in a weird way, I kind of find that to be true. Like it is sort of like a self-fulfilling prophecy. And so for you, Stats, specifically for you, what can go wrong likely will go wrong. I imagine, I've never heard you like say it, say it, but I imagine you enjoy greatly that the 49ers are 5-0 and in their last five games against the Rams, that the 49ers own the Rams. I have to imagine that that's like a fun little trope. Like, okay, well, the Seahawks own us, but but we own the Rams. Like, yep. you know, and so I, it would it would break your spirit to lose, like to have that streak end here and not just have it be a 49ers loss, but not just have it be a Rams win, but have it be a Rams win that clinches the Rams, the division, and therefore feeds all of the narratives that Sean McVay is the true, you know, wonderkin coach in the <laughs> NFC West and that Kyle Shanahan is not. And what's more is, again, specifically as it relates to you stats, for this to open the door, not just for any other team to take San Francisco's spot in the playoffs, but for it to be the New Orleans Saints. I mean, this is literally like the darkest timeline that someone could weave for Rob Stats Guerrera. Um, I also kind of feel like what Kyle Shanahan chooses to do will dramatically shape who you are as a person. <laughs> because if he starts Jimmy Garoppolo and they lose, I almost, not that you are rooting for that, but that would give you an like a mountain of evidence for the entire offseason, right? Like, I told you, I was saying all along, it was stupid to start Jimmy Garoppolo. But if he starts Trey Lance and they lose, then it's like, and I honestly kind of feel like stats, if they don't start Trey Lance, it like kind of ruins him as a quarterback. I feel, I know that's, <laughs> that's no, that's like, I know that's dramatic, but it's like, okay, we, we, you said this on the podcast, we moved heaven and earth to get you. And we have the moment of all moments here. And we don't believe in you enough. So like, when are you ever going to believe in him? Like if, if that's, if that's the case, like I, I'm, I'm almost willing to say that regardless of the result, if the 49ers do not start Trey Lance, that I am out on his entire future in the NFL, at least with the 49ers. Wow. Okay. That, that seems a little extreme to me, but this is what I don't understand. I have made the argument that Lance should have been the guy from the beginning. I th I've made the argument that I think that he is possibly better than a fully healthy Jimmy Garoppolo right now. If not just slightly worse, like the drop off is not that big. Here's the thing. Jimmy Garoppolo's throwing hand does not work. It's not fully functional. He has a torn ligament in his thumb on his throwing hand. RJ, if you had some sort of injury, tongue injury to your mouth, all right, let's say you, you were drinking coffee and you burned your tongue like really badly to the point where you could not fully and accurately and clearly form words, would we have you? host a podcast where your primary job function is speaking 
let me flip that on you. Say that all that existed. And then and then say, you know, Michael kissed, may he forever reign. I know that's a shout out to, to BGN uh, and BLG. But uh, say kissed was like, hey, stats, everything that, that you just described about RJ is true. We're going to take you off a show. We're going to put RJ <laughs> in for you. Like, how would you feel if, if you got benched for that? This is so stupid to me. Like, how are the 49ers even considering Jimmy Garoppolo for this game? And don't tell me it's because they're 5-0 and against the Rams. Because guess what? Jimmy Garoppolo didn't even start all those games. Nick Mullins beat the Rams, okay? One of the games that Jimmy Garoppolo, quote-unquote, won, Jared Goff had 78 passing yards in the game. 78! It's not about Jimmy Garoppolo. This just in. And what is the point of having a backup quarterback if you are not going to use this backup quarterback when your starter is hurt? And we're not you talking about- You don't have about- a backup quarterback, though. Like, that's you don't have that. You don't have, like, a, you know, a Chase Daniel waiting in the wings. Like, you have right. the guy. Like, that's it's- what you're supposed to have. Yes, it's not Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard. We don't have trash bags waiting in the wings. You've got the guy that you think is going to be your franchise quarterback. What is the purpose of trotting out broke-ass Jimmy Garoppolo in a critical game when you know Garoppolo's not even going to be there next year? Like, what for what purpose? It is so stupid if they do this, RJ. They, they will lose, and they'll deserve it. Well, all I know is stats, according to Twitter.com, is that Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt on purpose to sacrifice himself so that the 49ers <laughs> could draft Nick Bosa. Um, th- this happens like where, where you get a hive of people that have like a never-ending loyalty to somebody, mm-hmm. and that's Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I don't understand it. And again, like I I just would not understand being Trey Lance. Like, I, And what I mean like by saying I'm out, I'm out on the operation as a whole. Like, I'm not necessarily out on Trey Lance being a great quarterback for the 49ers, but I'm out on that happening under Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. Because, like, if the two of them decide, to your point, Stats, that Jimmy Garoppolo with one hand, that hand being his left hand, is better than, like, if I'm Trey, the guy who interviewed Niners Nation or was interviewed by Niners Nation and, like, is supposed to be the, like, savior of the franchise, like, what the hell are you, like, no, like, I'm I'm so out on you. Like, I don't I don't buy this at all. Like, it's, you know, and, and especially after John Lynch is over here liking tweets, you know, on Christmas Eve about, <laughs> you know, getting Jimmy Garoppolo out. Like it's it's it defies logic. And so that would be really, 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 really stupid. Uh, I I don't believe in the Rams, to be very clear. Like I don't believe in them that much entering the playoffs. But due to the erratic behavior of the 49ers, I'm forced to take the Rams in this game stats. I'm sorry. I get it. Look, I totally understand it. And here's the other thing, right? Okay, so if you're going to maybe play Jimmy Garoppolo, he's going to take the reps in practice, right? Well, let's say Jimmy goes in there, and for whatever reason, either it's too painful or he bangs his hand on somebody during the game or whatever, and he can't finish. Well, now you're bringing in Trey Lance when he doesn't even have a full week of practice. Right? Like, the whole thing is stupid. Kyle Shanahan, there's two things that he's doing that's working against the 49ers. One He is so confident in his system that he thinks that if I could just get a guy to run my system, then I'll be fine. I'll make it work. And clearly, Jimmy Garoppolo knows the system better than Trey Lance. He's been there for for all these years. But the other thing about Kyle is he's very afraid of what he doesn't know. He he's very risk averse. He loves bringing in guys that he's had on other teams like Tevin Coleman and Travis Benjamin, who both stink. He just loves and Josh Norman, who has been hideous for the 49ers this year. He loves guys that he knows. And that's working against the 49ers in this one because he he's more comfortable going with Jimmy Garoppolo with a busted hand 
than he is Trey Lance. And that's ridiculous and stupid. And I do think it's ironic, RJ, because the quarterback that Kyle Shanahan really wanted is the guy that's going to be across the field from him on Sunday. I mean, don't forget, the 49ers wanted Matthew Stafford big time. They went after him hard in the offseason. Kyle Shanahan openly talked about how disappointed and frustrated he was when the Rams got Matthew Stafford. And now that's the guy the Niners have to beat if they want to make the playoffs. See, like, that's the thing, man. Like, what can go wrong will go wrong. Like, this could be, like, narrative, like, onslaught. You know what I'm saying? Like, every, like, every kind of ugly head rearing its face in front of you, making the offseason all the more long. Like, that's, I hate to say it, but, like, that's that's the kind of thing that, like, it will happen. Like, I, I, I fear for you because that's a really painful kind of loss if it happens. I mean, yep. like, I, and, but in a weird way, I mean, and I'm not, I'm, I know you would never root for the 49ers to lose, but in a weird way, maybe be excited because, like, if that happens, like, it's, it's like liberation. Like, there's no, you know what I mean? Like, that's the, that might be, like, what the organization or Kyle Shanahan or John Lynch or whoever needs to finally see the light, so to speak. But they already did. That's why they drafted Trey Lance. They are acting like someone else drafted Trey Lance on their team for them. And I will never, ever understand it. I will take the Rams. I will give the four and a half points. The 49ers are being stupid. They are going to get what they deserve. I know a lot of people didn't like that when I tweeted it out earlier. Tough. I don't care. Bad organizations make bad decisions like this one. All right, let's move on. Let's go to the other game in the NFC West. And that is the Seahawks traveling to Arizona to take on the Cardinals. Cardinals are favored by a touchdown. If Arizona wins and the Rams lose, the Cardinals are your NFC West champions. I've got the Rams winning, um, obviously. And so there are seven, there are nine different permutations of seeding in the NFC based on results over the weekend. I don't, I, I mean, look, let me be very clear here. I root for and love the Dallas Cowboys. I cover the Dallas Cowboys here at SB Nation. I'm very upset that the Cowboys lost to this team. I've said for a while now that the Cardinals are frauds. By the way, like, spoiler alert for whatever gambling you do, whenever RJ, like, dubs a team a fraud is when they show up in spades. So, you know, <laughs> congratulations uh, to you if you are dubbed a fraud by me. I maintain that the Cardinals are frauds, but the Cowboys were just bigger frauds on Sunday like they were against the Broncos. The Cowboys have outfrauded two different frauds this season. But the Cardinals, I just I don't get it. Like, and I I mean the Seahawks are bad. Like the Seahawks are out here like celebrating a big old win against the Lions when they were mathematically eliminated. Like that's that might be sadder than what's happening in Pittsburgh, honestly. But um, I mean we've seen the Cardinals lose this game before, right? Like we literally saw them lose a Week 17 game last year, whereas win and in, and that was against John Wolford. I mean that was way worse of a situation than this. And like I know it's not in Seattle, but it could be. It probably is. It's it's the last Seahawks game that features Russ and Pete together. So like I know they kind of hate each other, but I could see some harmony. Like hey, let's let's have a good game. Let's go win. Let's win in Arizona like we've done a thousand times before. Not during the Super Bowl, obviously. And then we'll you know have some wine on the on the way home and and go our separate ways. So I really I'm taking Seattle in this game. I just don't buy it. Like of all the coaches who are in the NFC playoff picture, and this is the 180 that I have flipped. The coach that I trust the least is Cliff Kingsbury, and that includes Nick Sirianni. I just do not trust Cliff at all. Again, I realize he just beat the Cowboys, but a lot of that was the Cowboys kind of peeing down their own legs. Like, I don't trust Cliff whatsoever. All the goodwill that you might have built up last week with your victory goes right out the window if you come back this week with, a you know, potentially a chance to win the division and you go out and lay an egg against a mathematically eliminated Seahawks team that I agree with you. They're not. Well, I don't think the Seahawks really give a crap about this game. They just want to get through it. 
you know, get through the game healthy so you don't have to begin your offseason injured and, you know, get get on with the rest of your life here. And if you're Cliff, you can't lose this game. Then you go into the playoffs losing four out of your last five games and you'd go in, you know, just in not as high of a seed, obviously, as you would be if you won the division. Like, get that you got to find a way, Cliff. Like, pull this one out. And let's remember, Colt McCoy whooped the Seahawks this year. They didn't even have Kyler the last time they played, and the Cardinals still won. So if you've got your starting quarterback now in a game where you could potentially, you know, capture the division if things go your way, like, you can't. You can't lose this game. I don't care. I know, but I think they're going to. I mean, do you – of, of all the teams in the NFC, like, do you trust them? Like, who do you trust less than the Cardinals of the playoff teams? So you can't put the Niners there, obviously. Jerk. I mean, Sorry. technically, if the season ended right now, the 49ers would be a playoff team. Do mm. I trust less than them? The Eagles? Um, Is that it? No, I feel like I know what the Eagles are. They may not be the best team, but I can trust them to, like, they're going to run the ball. Jalen Hurts might look shaky at times, but can make some big plays. It might be the Cardinals because they have such talent on offense, yet sometimes their offense looks so bad. Like, it's strange to me how they can, there can be that much volatility there. So, yeah, I I kind of, I think I would agree with you with the Cardinals. I will take the Seahawks. I feel really good about this. Let's go, Russ. I'll take the Seahawks and I'll take the points. Even if the Cardinals win, I don't think they're winning by more than a touchdown. Boring. All right. Well, hey, look what I tell you. You're just following me, okay? You started out with a big lead, and I'm caught up. So clearly, I have figured something out while you are in a Cliff Kingsbury-style tailspin. That was really mean of you to say. By the way, a tweet from Adam Schefter just now. After turning down an offer from Clemson last week, Cardinals defensive line coach Brenson Buckner is now being pursued by Auburn to join its staff. Former 49er. Nobody cares. Nobody really cares. So. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's go to the final game of the 2021 regular season, flexed into Sunday night. Chargers and Raiders. Chargers get into the playoffs with a win. The Raiders get into the playoffs with a win or a whole bunch of other stuff. I'm taking the Raiders. I'm saying that right now, off principle. I know the Chargers won last week. Congrats. You beat some frauds. But you're two weeks removed from getting whipped by the Texans. I still cannot. I can't come back. (laughs) I can't. Um, I mean, the Raiders, look, the Chargers are the better team, to be very clear. But the Raiders are the, like, grittier team i hate that word but like they are right like if there's a if, if there's a team that can like absorb getting punched in the mouth it's the raiders like Derek cardamy is edward norton in fight club like that dude will just take mm. it over and over and over again and like that's honestly maybe his most admirable quality as an nfl player like he will take it and take it and take it and never back down and the Chargers aren't like that the Chargers are way more finesse again like at their peaks, the Chargers are obviously a better team than the Raiders, but they don't have the backbone that the, that Vegas does. I mean, Vegas is, has – I mean, think about what they've been through this. Like, we can't even quantify what they've been through this season. I mean, they are they are a much more trustworthy, like, floor than the Chargers, and that's I, – I genuinely feel confident in that. I mean, we just don't know what Chargers team is going to show up. So, like, how can you, how can you say with any confidence who they're going to be on Sunday night? That's totally fair, and I look at these two teams, and it's like the Raiders are the bizarro Chargers. We talk about the Chargers and we're like, this isn't right. They shouldn't be here. They are way too talented to be fighting for a playoff spot on the final week of the season. And then I look at the Raiders and I'm like, this isn't right. They shouldn't be here. They are not this talented to be fighting for a playoff spot in the last week of the regular season. Yet here we are. You just look at them and you're like, wait, you're still alive for a playoff spot? Like how? But here the Raiders are. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I agree with you. The Chargers have been so up and down this year. Do you think that if things start to go the Raiders way in this one, that there's a little bit of a snowball effect with the Chargers? Like, is this, is this really happening? Like we weren't, we were, we were supposed to win the AFC West this year. And this isn't, this isn't right. Yeah. I mean, I could totally see that. And like, I, to, to be clear, I support Brandon Staley's aggression and I love I, it. I, I, I mean, I love it, but I could see, I, I think sometimes when that's your tendency, naturally, you start to chase things when the when the game's getting away from you. And then it, that reminds me of something I think about a lot in, in life in general. But have you ever seen the movie 21 about yeah. the kids, the kids that go like uh, bed in Vegas? Counting like, cars. MIT? Right. So the, the premise of the movie for everyone doesn't see is it's a group of MIT students who um, who like count cards and they go like make a billion dollars doing it or whatever. And there's a point they have a, a like a tutor who's like a professor who's like teaching them how to do this. It's played by Kevin Spacey. And uh, one of them gets kind of emotional, gets kind of caught up and is playing one night and is, is just like kind of like off the deep end, like going on and on and on. And Kevin Spacey takes him back to the hotel room and is like, you are no longer playing. You were gambling. And that, there's a difference. right? Like there, There's a difference between being aggressive in an NFL game and then, you know, kind of losing sight of that. And sometimes like you see this when like a quarterback throws an interception or like a pick six, like the next possession, they're trying to score two touchdowns on that possession and you can't. Right. And like, so you start to press in those moments. And I could see if this game snowballs, the Chargers kind of losing sight of what is aggression and becoming irresponsible and starting to gamble as opposed to being analytically wise. I feel like whatever happens with Brandon Staley in this game, people are going to fit it to their narrative. Like, If you don't mm. like that he's that aggressive and you think that he's too into the analytics and stuff, if any decision he makes doesn't work out, you're just going to pound him for that, right? Oh, he's so reckless, blah, blah, blah. But if you're on the other side of things and you love what he's doing and it works out, you're going to say, see, he knows how to win. He's making all the right decisions. Like People have already decided what they're going to say about Brandon Staley. I don't know why people have a problem with it, RJ. To me... He, he knows what the analytics says. He also looks at the other factors in the game that are going on, the quote-unquote more traditional factors that a lot of NFL head coaches look at. And then he picks what he thinks is the best decision. I thought that's what everybody wanted. I thought that's what everybody wanted when it came to a coach and the incorporation of analytics. But yet, it doesn't work out, and they just pound him for it. Like That's confusing to me because it shouldn't be that way because that's not what we have said we have wanted. No, and it's like it's almost like some people would rather him lose by conventional methods. You know right. what I'm saying? In, in the name of like, well, at least you did it my way. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like it's it's dumb. Um, I, again, Chargers have talent, but and, and I like Brandon Taylor, but I can't do it. I'm taking the Raiders off principle and principle alone. What about you? Are, 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 are we disagreeing? Take, yeah, I'm going to take the Chargers. I'm just going to think that eventually the cream rises to the top, and I, I'm putting my faith in Justin Herbert. Like. Things go wrong. Maybe the game is close. It might just take him, even if Staley makes a bad decision and puts them in a bad spot, it might just take him pulling a rabbit out of his hat to save the season. And I think he can do it against the Raiders. I don't feel super great about it, but you know, I want to have a little differences here with you. And I do like Justin Herbert. He was my preseason MVP pick. So I'll go with the chargers. Well, remember that the last game between these two in Vegas had a dramatic ending. That was also on primetime. I think it was a Saturday game last year, but I remember Herbert was at, like at the very end. Remember the NFL network mics picked him up. Like it's in, it's in, I was, it was like, it was a touchdown or whatever. So I, one thing I feel like is certain is this will be a dramatic game one way or the other. 
I hope so. Last game of the regular season. Like, how great was it with Niners and Seahawks in 2019 when the game literally comes down to the final inch, the last game of the season? Like, that's what you want. You don't want this to be a blowout either way. And then you're just sitting around at night on the final regulation Sunday of 2021 season. Just like, oh, okay, let's just wait for the game to end. I'm so happy, by the way, that you said the 2021 season. That's a mistake that a lot of people make. Like, whoever wins the Super Bowl this year, they'll be like the 2022 Dallas Cowboys. No. The 2021 Dallas Cowboys. Let's, right. let's be very clear about this. So yeah, it, it doesn't matter the date that the Super Bowl was played. It's 2021. Like the Niners last won a Super Bowl in 1994 because that's when the season. That's what year it was when the season started. I don't care that the Super Bowl was actually played in 1995. That's dumb. Yeah, good for you. You're one of the smart ones. I'm glad we're on the same page with that. All right, so those are our deep dives. We still have plenty of games to go in week number 18. RJ, do you know what it is time for now? To go home because I'm tired. Oh, RJ's not even going to give us the... F- you know what? I'm going to Here we go. Here we go. Well, you got to say it first. It's time for the week 18 lightning round. That hurts so much. The lightning round. All right. Let's begin on Saturday. The Kansas City Chiefs are in Denver to take on the Broncos. The Broncos are getting 10 and a half points season's over for the Broncos. Please get a new coach. I hate calling you frauds. I really like the Broncos. I would like to see them be successful. Uh, Five straight seasons of missed playoffs. The Broncos are becoming the Giants of the AFC. Kansas City can clinch the number one seed in the AFC. They need a win and a Tennessee loss or tie or a bunch of other stuff. I don't see the Broncos beating the Chiefs in this one. This is probably the last game that Vic Fangio is going to coach for the Denver Broncos. I will take the Chiefs and I will give the points. Yeah, I'm with you. Also, the last game that Drew Locke will ever start in the NFL. Oh, poor Drew Locke. One of the best celebrations, and we'll never get to see it because he's a tomato can. Cowboys <laughs> traveling to Philadelphia. The Eagles are getting seven points in this one, RJ. Micah Parsons uh, entered COVID protocol on Wednesday, unlikely to play. This is a really interesting game for the NFL to put on Saturday night. Both teams in in kind of rest your starters territory. Uh, Dallas can technically improve their seeding if certain things go their way on Sunday uh, with the Rams-Niners uh, game, the Cardinals-Seahawks game, and the Panthers-Bucks games. But um, I, it's my hope and my take all week has been that the Cowboys better rest their starters, which makes it hard to pick. I'll take the Cowboys to win. Um but not to cover. I mean, it's just, it's going to be weird. You got going to have backups all over the place. Yeah. These games, sometimes it gets a little wonky in the final week of the season. I'll take the Eagles on the points in this one for all the reasons you laid out. Next up, the Bengals going to Cleveland to take on the Browns. This is the backup bowl. Browns are giving six points. No Joe Burrow in this one. No Baker Mayfield. They're finally going to let him be hurt. I have no, I will not watch a second of this game on Sunday and I'll just take Cincinnati because they're getting points. <laughs> I feel like the Browns are not getting enough heat as opposed to how much they should. And Baker, like, dude, we knew you were hurt. Like, and now Baker wants to come out and tell us like, yeah, I'm in a lot of pain. Like we know we have known. Also, you have told us. So like, I do not pity the Browns at all here. Like they made this bed. They have to lie in it. And it's, I mean, a year ago, they had all this goodwill. Everybody was so excited to see them kind of finally do it. I mean, they have now gotten to a place where, the Bengals have done it quicker than them. The Bengals have gotten back before the Browns have actually gotten back. And depending on what happens in the offseason, the Browns might have the worst quarterback in the division again. I mean, like, even if, like, yes or no to this question. I know this is a lightning round, but if the if the Steelers walk away with Kirk Cousins in the offseason, is Baker Mayfield the worst quarterback of the AFC North? 100%. 100% agree. Good for you. Yeah, I don't even think that's close. That's a good point. But we'll see. We got to see Cincinnati do it again, remember? Because the Browns were in the playoffs last year. We thought they were the team with the 
great wide receivers and a young quarterback. But, so but we'll, the Bengals we'll have out. so much more to believe in. Like yeah, it's we'll so see. much easier. It's so much easier to believe in the sustainability of Burrow and Chase and Higgins and all this than than it was. Like it did feel like lightning in a bottle last year for Cleveland a little bit. Uh, well, we'll see. All right, let's go to Detroit. The Packers are going to the Motor City. The Lions are only getting three and a half points in this game. Something's odd, RJ. I don't want to touch this game, uh, but this is like, this is just good times if you're the Packers, which sucks. I mean, like, hey, let's just, <laughs> you know, let's just all enjoy one more meaningless game and then we're off for the week. I mean, I don't know. But honestly, the most interesting thing going on with the Packers is whether or not Aaron Rodgers will survive the Manning cast curse uh, in two weeks when mm-hmm. they play in the divisional round. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Rodgers was like, mm, it's not really necessary for us to play. Meanwhile, LaFleur is like, eh, I kind of want to, you know, have guys still kind of in the flow of things. I will, man, I don't know. I think I'll take the Packers and give the points in this one. This is another weird game, but I mean, I, I will no too. Dan Campbell. Yeah, I will too, but I just, I don't feel good about it. Let's go to Minnesota now. The Bears and Justin Fields are going to play the Vikings. The Vikings are giving four points in this game. There's nothing good happening with the Minnesota Vikings outside of Justin Jefferson. It's so rare that you get, I mean, like Black Monday is a real thing and everybody knows about coaches getting fired, but like, that being said, it is so rare that you get what used to be a week 17 and is now week 18 and what might become week 19 game where both of the coaches are going to be fired. Like, think, like <laughs> can you can you name one like off the top of your head? Like, it's so difficult to come up with an example like that. Um, I mean, so, yeah, uh, I mean, both of these teams are going to be looking. All this game is, is, you know, like Bears and Vikings fans should commiserate with one another. Like, we both have had success in the years that Aaron Rodgers was hurt. And we have not been able to really do anything on our own. We are laughing stocks, and Aaron Rodgers owns us both. It's sad but true. At least if you're a Bears fan, you can look at Justin Fields and hope that you see something to build off of for 2022. Um, I think I'll take the Vikings in this one. I don't love it, though. Oh, also, like, I mean, the Kirk thing has been said and discussed, but Kirk coming back, like, this will be the game, and, like, this will actually hurt our point stats. But Kirk will throw for like 400 yards in this game. Right. <laughs> so like he's, he's Kirk is going to go off in this game. So the Vikings are going to win. I agree with you. All right. Next up, Washington is in New Jersey to take on the New York football Giants. The Giants are getting seven points in this one. The Giants are hideously bad. The Giants are the worst run football team in the National Football League and have been for at least a half a decade. I'm taking Washington in this one, and I feel great about it. BLG and I thrashed the New York Giants on the NFC East mixtape this week, a podcast you can listen to at Blogging the Boys, Bleeding Green Nation, Hogshaven, or Big Blue View. Shout out to the best division in the history of the NFL, of course. Yeah, dude. I mean, and you said it really well in your rant on the podcast. Like, if you have to say that you're not a clown show, you are definitely a clown show. <laughs> and like, you know, I never thought that we would get a more hysterical, non-believable line than, do you remember when Greg Williams was like, you know, NFL teams are like calling me every week about openings right. or whatever. <laughs> like that was Joe Judge's like players are calling me every week, multiple times a week to come back and play for this team. The Giants are the most insignificant, boring, stale, tepid room temperature franchise that there is. They're not interesting. Like they're not even like at least the Browns are like fun to make fun of. Like, you know what I mean? Like the, the Giants are so awful. They are so terribly bad. I cannot believe I'm so grateful, but I cannot believe they're going to bring back Joe Judge. I mean, and even if they fire him, like after, you know, the last two weeks worth of like, you know, headlines, 
they have already botched this because they they leaked that they were going to bring him back and then they would fire him. So they would look like hypocrites. I mean, they are just a disaster of a franchise. Uh, last thing on this test, I told BLG this on the mixtape. I saw a Reddit thread on the New York Giants subreddit. And it was uh, it was something like, what is one like hard truth that we are not really facing as fans, which is an interesting topic to kind of consider for all fan bases. And a lot of people had different takes, like people were like, Daniel Jones really isn't that great. Saquon, blah, blah. The hard truth that the Giants don't want to swallow is that they have actually been like this bad for this entire century. And they lucked into two different Super Bowls. And those <laughs> two Super Bowls convinced them that they were the opposite end of the spectrum. I totally agree. They've been hideously bad. And until they accept it and face it and acknowledge it, it's never going to get any better. Let's go to Houston now. The Titans are playing the Texans. This game is just here to mess with my brain because I always get those two teams confused and I don't know why. The Houston Texans are getting 10 and a half points in this game. Yeah, um, I don't think this is the last game for David Culley. I thought I would think this uh, a month ago. But um, yeah, this is just Titans. Get your win. Get your one seed. Celebrate Derrick Henry, move on. I know they lost to them. I don't care. Like, this is a Titans win. Easy peasy. Yeah, I think I'll take the Titans and I'll take the, or I'll give the 10 and a half points in this one. Houston has not been as bad recently as they were earlier this season, but I think David Culley's going to stick around. But Tennessee's got just too much to play for here. There's no way that they don't find a way to get it done. Atlanta hosts the Saints. The Falcons are getting four and a half points. The Saints need a win here and they need a loss by the 49ers to get into the playoffs. The Falcons did beat the Saints earlier this year when they played, RJ. Stats, I'm telling you, what can go wrong will go wrong. The Saints are going to take the 49ers' playoff spot. I'm so sorry. I love you, but it's happening. I will take the Saints to win this game. That will it was it, it will irk you for the entire offseason. It will irk me for the entire and, roster. And I'll go I'll go a bridge farther. They will win a playoff game against the Buccaneers. Oh man. Oh, and that and crazy here. And now no, I mean, like, think about it. I mean, like, cause that sets up my perfect timeline. They go beat the Bucks in the divisional round, or excuse me, in the wildcard round, and then they go to Lambo as the sacrificial lamb in the divisional round to set up a Cowboys Packers NFC championship game. Mm, interesting. Um Taysom Hill is ridiculously bad. For Sean Payton to have said that Taysom Hill is the next Steve Young. I mean, he you have he, never that, let go of that. Oh my that gosh. needs to be on his football tombstone forever, forever. He is hideously bad. You know, I talked about it with the Steelers early on, like rooting for interesting objectively, RJ, the 49ers are a much more interesting team than the saints. Are they not? Um, come on. I heard you say this on the podcast again, like, the Niners don't really interest me. I mean, like, if I'm being honest. Kittle I mean, and Debo and all the characters they have. Who do the Saints have? Like, really? Like, what is interesting about the New Orleans Alvin Kamara. A running back? That's what you're yeah. giving me? I mean, no. I mean, their defense is awesome. Cam Jordan has had, what, like, like two, at least two sacks in, like, three straight games. I mean, so, you know, uh, there's there's stuff to watch. I like the Saints uniforms better. I mean, like, I'm, what? you know. Yeah, well, dude, like, I'm a Cowboys fan. Like, I hate the 49ers. I mean, you know, so, like, I, you're asking the wrong guy here. I, and, like, I've told you a thousand times I hate the 49ers logo. So, like, there's that, too. The best gold helmet in the NFL belongs to the Saints. I'm sorry. So, I mean, if the 49ers are more interesting, it's marginal. It's it's not this massive, you know, like, sort of victory that you think it is. If I ask you uh, what a team logo is and you can't give me an answer, that's a bad logo. Like, what is the Saints logo? 
it's a it's the saint it's the fleur de lis thing what is fleur, a fleur de lis like what is it it's it's relative to their area what is like, the 49ers see, logo it's two letters that's all it is it's the name of the city that they play in or they mm-hmm. used to play in the 49ers uh, logo sucks it's not great, but I mean, I, at least I know what it is. Nobody even knows what the hell. They don't even play is. in San Francisco. Like it has right. no well, actual they, relation. They to them. used to though when the team was founded. They did there. So there you go. Mm. All right. Speaking of teams that don't play where they're located, if that makes there sense, we go. the Jets. Nice way to land that plane. Shut up. The Jets are in Buffalo. The Bills are getting 16 points in this game, RJ. They have not locked up the AFC East. They need to win this game to lock up the division. I'm back. Uh, I don't think 16 is enough. I will take the Bills. I think they win with authority, maybe in an ugly way. Like, maybe it's not Josh Allen throwing all over the place, but I have full confidence in the Bills getting this dub, getting the AFC's crown, setting us up for a Patriots-Bills rematch in the wildcard round. You're giving the points. I'm totally giving the points. That's a lot of points, man. Are you going to take them or not? You're going to take them or not? I think I'll take the points. Zach Wilson has looked marginally better recently. Um, it's not that I think the Jets are going to win this game at all. It's just that I think that they are, I mean, they got to lose by three scores to cover that spread. I think I'll just take wow, the Jets. Three just scores? That, ah, I guess you hate two-point conversions, Mr. Brandon Staley aggression. That number is just, I don't know, that seems really, really hot. I just watched the Jets play the Buccaneers close. So what? That There was a, there were some extenuating circumstances in that game that we are obviously aware of. Um, I will take the Bills. Let's circle the wagons. All right. Patriots in Miami to take on the Dolphins. The Dolphins are getting six and a half points. If the Bills lose and the Patriots win, they will be the AFC East champions. I don't think there's any way that the Patriots lose this game. Not nah, this division has no intrigue to me because the Dolphins and Jets are that bad. Like, <laughs> just just get it over. Like, again, like Bills win the division. Patriots the top wild card. Right. Want to see the matchup? Just you know, this week is just a formality to me. And can we can we just have the Dolphins lose again so I don't have to keep hearing about this great winning streak and how great Brian Floor is? Like, no. no well, it's really... over. The winning streak is over already. I know, but so. if they win again, then people will kind of, like, start up the whole Dolphins hype thing. Like, no, the Dolphins are not a good team. I'm sorry. Sure. They're just not. I'll take the, uh, the Patriots. I will give the points. One more game, and that is the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers. They are favored by eight points, hosting the Carolina Panthers. Carolina is almost as big a dumpster fire as the New York Giants. The Bucs will win. They don't need Antonio Brown. Ho-hum. Nothing to see here. I said this on the mixtape as well, but do you remember who the Carolina Panthers like beat to acquire the services in that rule? No. It was the New York Giants. Oh, like, man. <laughs> I mean, oh, oh, right. I see what you're saying. Yeah, the team they were yeah, like the, right. the team the team they were most heavily in contention with to land him as their head coach. That was the reason David Tepper gave him the seven year deal and everything. So, like, I mean, what does that really say about Matt Rule? <laughs> that the two teams who were like most into him were the Panthers and the Giants. And like somehow I think the Giants are still worse for not not having Matt Rule, which is amazing given who the Panthers are. I know the Bucks have a lot going on, a lot of non-football stuff, but dude, the Panthers suck. Like, there's no way. I mean, I I think the Bucks win at the very least. I'll take them to cover just because I can't bet on the Panthers in in any kind of legitimacy. Exactly. You, there's no way you could take that bet and feel good about it. So we agree on that one. All right, RJ. So have you been keeping track? Where are we different this week? Well, stats. Like I said, we have um, three, or we were tied entering this week, and we have three games that we disagree on. So we will have a winner off the regular season, but we are going through the playoffs. I decided. So our disagreements this week. Um, I have the Jacksonville Jaguars. You have the Indianapolis Colts. You are giving me 15 points. 
Um, I have the Buffalo Bills. You have the New York Jets. So I am giving you 16 points in that game. Um, it would be awesome if we kind of split these, not going to lie, because then we have the Sunday night game, the last game of the regular season. Ooh. I took the Raiders off of principle. You took the Chargers kind of off of principle, too, because you've backed them all season long. True. Chargers three-point favorites. So um, a lot of principles on the line. Look, we're, we're men of integrity. What can we say? All right, that's going to do it for this edition of The Look Ahead. My thanks to you, RJ, for fighting through when you're a little under the weather. I greatly appreciate it, as does everybody listening. We remind you again, please rate, review, and follow the SB Nation NFL show. If you like the show, if you've gotten any value from this show whatsoever throughout the entire season, all we ask is that you take two seconds, leave us a five-star rating and a review it will help us tremendously. So please, please, please continue to do that. We are so grateful for all your support. RJ, enjoy the rest of your day. I hope you get uh, maybe some nice tea with some honey. Feel better. I hope the head clears up. And I hope you're in good sound mind and body and spirits for the games this week. Uh, more of an aguave guy than honey personally. But uh, yeah, very, um, you know, looking to get on the men sooner rather than later. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a good week for the Cowboys to have a meaningless game, is all I'll say, you know. So, good <laughs> enjoy me. your Thursday, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. All right.